Hey guys, welcome to another episode of FitLit Book Discussion. If you're new here, FitLit stands for Fitness Literature, and every other month we rotate between reading books on balanced nutrition, movement and exercise, building habits, and mindset. And so for this month, we read Body Love by Kelly Levesque. It says, live in balance, weigh what you want, and free yourself from food drama forever. So last week, we had a small book discussion on it. And now this week, I will kind of be recapping what you learned from the book, my favorite quotes from it. So you do not need to have read the book. This is kind of in place of reading it, right? It talks about all of the high concept topics and then if you're interested then maybe you read it maybe you don't but yeah so if it wasn't obvious already this one is all about balanced nutrition and kind of the whole purpose of the book is Kelly has this program and she refers to it as fab four so it is focused on including in every single meal protein fat fiber greens just overall having a balanced meal every single meal And I really wanted to start with the very back of the book. She wrote a letter to the reader and it was all about why this book, why this method, why you should be following it. And I really liked it. So this is what it says. I want to make choices, not cheats. I want to live in balance, quiet my inner perfectionist and never feel like my goals are out of reach. I want to love the way I look and feel. I want to be proactive about my long-term health and wellness. I want to have a positive relationship with food for the rest of my life. And I thought that was so relatable because I think a lot of times people get so bogged down in the details of what should I be eating? Is this good for me? Is that good for me? Am I doing it right or wrong? And, you know, I love that she just kind of ties that in at the end of I want to be proactive about my long-term health. This is long-term health. And then also quieting the inner perfectionist and never feeling like your goals are out of reach I feel like I can really relate to that a lot of times I think you know I set these ambitious goals for myself or if I start working towards a goal and it's taking longer than I thought especially with health and fitness you feel like you're never gonna get there and maybe it is an unrealistic goal but maybe you're just not making the right choices or you're not breaking them down into bite-sized pieces So I thought that was a great way of kind of her interpretation of health, which everyone's interpretation of health is differently. Hers mentions that she wants to make choices, not cheats. I think that's really empowering, right? It shows that you have control over your health. And then the second quote that I really liked was all about how she helps her clients with the mindset shifts. So I also love that, you know, even though this was the nutrition book, we're still mentioning mindset, we're still mentioning habits. I think that all four really directly interrelate. And so for her, she mentioned how she has to work through their mindset. And the quote that she had was, I coach my clients to acknowledge when they feel one of those cycles coming on and to counteract it by taking one positive action in the direction of their goal. Action will erase the anxiety and immediately reinforce that you're in control. So the cycle that she's talking about is when you start to, you know, quote unquote, fall off the wagon, right? So say you went on vacation and you're like, oh, I didn't work out once. I ate dessert every single day. I overate every single day. Then a lot of people are like, that's it. 
like I might as well just continue this, right? Or they don't feel the motivation to get back up and work out again. They're like, oh, I already erased all my progress. And I think that a good way to get out of that mindset is, okay, what can the next action be that will put you back in control? So it doesn't matter if one of your past actions was not aligned with what you're trying to do or the past week or the past month. It doesn't matter how long it's been if you can just make that next action of yours something that you're working towards, then that's how you get out of the anxiety and how you get back in control of your decisions. So once again, she says, action will erase the anxiety and immediately reinforce that you're in control. Doesn't that just make you feel so much better, right? You're like, okay, what did I do? I messed up. It's like, okay, you didn't mess up. Just take one next action. And so those are the two quotes that I think that I can really incorporate into my life. And then I also had two big learning moments in this book. So it is a nutrition book. She really balances it between teaching the background of why different meals work. And then there's also a really big section on different recipes and how to incorporate it in your life. But the first one that I really liked her talking about was talking about blood sugar spikes because it really talks about what happens when you don't have balanced meals. So I'm going to talk about this really high level, really simplifying it just because this is like half of this 200 page book. But basically when people overload on carbohydrates, usually for the morning, usually for breakfast, right? A lot of people will have kind bars or cereal and all these things which are fine to eat. But if you don't balance it with other macronutrients, you don't balance it with fats or proteins or greens, any of the other things that she recommends, you'll see the blood sugar spike. And when you see it spike up really fast, it's also gonna come crashing down that fast. And so there's a healthy range that you know, you aim to be in, not that I measure, not that a lot of people measure, but just that your body usually regulates towards. But if you are in this period of spiking your blood sugar and then crashing it, that's when you're going to feel really out of whack. So when you have too much glucose in your bloodstream, this is right from the book, she says, you'll feel sleepy, store excess sugar as new fat, and even crave sugar right after a meal. In fact, recent data is showing that the minute you start to crash, you begin to feel hungry. So that's how you know when you're imbalanced. So I think that a lot of times how you can see this in your personal life is the people that are like, I don't eat breakfast because after I eat breakfast, I'm actually hungrier throughout the day. And so that like set a red light bulb off when I was reading this. Like that makes so much more sense now because I do that too. Right, some days if I just wait to eat, wait to eat, I was like, I'll just have like a good big lunch. Then sometimes I'm not even hungry in the morning, but sometimes if I wake up and I eat something because I'm going to work out, then I feel myself just hungrier throughout the day. And that is because I have very high carbohydrate heavy breakfasts. And so you're starting on that cycle of the minute that you start crashing, you're starting to crave that sugar again. And what your body's craving is carbohydrates because that's the quickest way for it to get glucose. And she also says here, when you have too much glucose in your bloodstream, you may feel sluggish and sleepy. You may also crave sugary foods right after a meal. 
when you have too little glucose in your bloodstream, you may feel weak, jittery, lightheaded, and hungry. So (laughs) anywhere on that curve, it just kind of sounds terrible, right? When you look at it this way, it's like, okay, if you're too high, then you're weak and sleepy. And if you're too low, you're hungry and lightheaded. But then if you're constantly dipping and peeking in between, that's when you start craving things. And so I've definitely had those days, right? It feels like no matter what you eat, you're still hungry. You're still hungry. You can't fill up. You never feel good even after a meal, after lunch, you want to go to bed right away. Well, that's why. And so I think that just really highlights the importance of why balanced meals. And once again, you can get super technical with it, super in the weeds. I know that she does here, talks about all of it, how it gets stored in the body, things like that. Um, But that kind of goes over my head and I am nowhere near qualified to talk about it. So I thought that was the big first thing that I learned was, okay, this is why balanced meals matter. You know, it's not like, oh, I can just have strictly a carbohydrate meal for lunch and then a few hours later I'm going to munch on carrot sticks to get some veggies in and have a salad like four hours later to get my greens but you know I just maybe more actively want to try to include all of them at once so that way you're digesting better and then the second thing that she really talks about in her books too is eating to satiety so we have our hunger and we have our appetite which I've never really thought about it like that before, right? Like you can fill your body up, but still be so hormonally hungry. And so if you don't really understand what that means, so she says it here. This is a quote from the book. If we consume addictive foods that are high in sugar or simple carbohydrates, or we eat too much of only one macronutrient, or we have trouble digesting or absorbing the macronutrient from a food source, Then our brain signals to our body that we're still hungry and then we're driven to eat more food. So we end up eating more food than our body and brains needs. So I thought that was interesting because this really plays into the other part too about the unbalanced meals, right? It's like, okay, I just ate breakfast. I just ate lunch. Why am I hungry again? Why am I still craving more of what I just ate or more sugar, more dessert. Why am I having that craving? And that's because you haven't hormonally satisfied your body. You've only fed it one macronutrient that it needs. So again, from the book, she says, it doesn't matter if you just ate 90 minutes ago. When your blood sugar is dropping and you have excess insulin in your bloodstream, it will trigger carbohydrate cravings. The reality is that you're not physically hungry. You're hormonally hungry and full of insulin. Blood sugar imbalance provokes hormone imbalance, lack of satiety, more immediate hunger, steep drops in energy, and cravings. It results in a shorter, more erratic blood sugar curve. So I think that mixing those two together of, okay, unbalanced meals, and then also how that leads to not eating to satiety, you can be filled up, but only filled up with one thing that your body's craving. So that's why you'll constantly be hungry. That's why you'll never feel full. You'll keep eating, you'll keep eating, and you don't understand why. And this is something that I've just experienced recently, I think, because I think that as an athlete, you don't have to watch what you eat necessarily as much, especially if you're burning so many calories per day. I remember that we would have buffets of food, and 
it would be a great mix of everything, but I could kind of decide the portions of things that I wanted. So maybe the first time around, I'd get a pretty balanced meal. But after that, I would just pile on the pasta, pile on more pasta because that's what my body kept craving because I was already so full of carbohydrates. And yeah, now looking back at all these cravings that I have, because I'm a huge pasta eater. And so it's important for me, I think, to now know, okay, well, what if I got it with meat sauce, right? Or what if I got the chicken Alfredo with broccoli? That's a very common meal. And yeah, that might not be the healthiest option, but that's going to keep me full and it's going to keep me satisfied. And that's going to help all of my cravings later on. So those two things really jumped out at me. Once again, I really just glossed over it because I can't speak to it fully. I don't want to speak to it fully. Those were just the parts that I thought were super relatable. But on the other hand, I don't know if I would recommend this book. So she has two books here. So I got them both. The other one was the sequel and it's Body Love Every Day. Choose Your Life Changing 21 Day Path to Food Freedom. And that one was interesting because she has different plans, the 21-day plans for different types of people. And the type that I associated myself with was girl on the go. So that was one of the personality profiles of someone who's always really busy, might not have time to cook all these meals, is traveling a lot. And I was like, yes, that's me. Not even necessarily that I'm too busy to cook all the time, but just I don't. I don't like it. I don't meal prep. It's not for me, but her advice for it was really contradicting to, I think, what the book title was because she said, free yourself from food drama forever, and then there was just so many rules that were still in place. It was like, try to limit dairy to one serving or less per day, and then also less than one cup of fruit per day, and there was like 10 different bullet points. I was like, what? That is literally the definition of food drama. It's creating rules for yourself. And I don't live by these rules. I don't want to have to keep checklists in my mind of have I hit this today? Have I hit that today? And then also another thing that I really found in these books was a little like not sad to see, but I wasn't a big fan was all of the fear that people have around foods. So I don't know if anyone has watched those Netflix documentaries that's talking about, oh, where your food came from or fast food industry or just all of these documentaries out there about food are just to cause fear, right? I've never once read those or watched the documentaries and be like, you know what? I have a great action plan for how I can avoid this now, right? It just kind of leaves you with the information of all this food is fucked, do what you want with this, hope you enjoy your next dinner, right? And I think she kind of had a lot of that too, especially she was talking about, oh, girl on the go, you're on the go, you're at the airport, and she's like, well, make sure you hydrate, but it can't be from any of the plastic water bottles, because plastic water bottles have X, Y, Z, all these plastic things, which I know is something that's out there, but I'm not going to cause fear in myself or others, If that's your option to hydrate, right? That's your only option there. You're going to drink from the plastic water bottle. It might not be ideal, but I don't think that we should instill fear for doing that. And it was kind of like that for everything. She's like, oh, if you're on the go and you're at a conference, well, you don't know what they're going to be serving for lunch. So you should probably cook your own lunch from home, fly with it, (laughs) or get takeout from somewhere 
keep it in your room, ask to use a fridge to keep this fresh, and then you can eat that during the conference. And to me, that's the opposite of no food drama or yeah, free yourself from food drama forever. For me, that is like being a slave to your meal plan. My whole goal is that I don't want to have to be thinking about food more than I already am. So if your fear is, I don't know what they're going to serve at a conference, which a lot of time is just those shitty pre-wrapped subs anyways that are pretty healthy, right? Compared to what I could get for takeout, it's a pretty healthy option. Um, If I'm instead worried and I'm trying to make food from home and travel with it and plan my schedule around it, that is not freeing myself. So as much good, solid information that was in these books, I don't think I would follow any of them. I got great information in terms of her mindset and kind of how I can go about planning my meals, but I wouldn't take any of her advice for how to plan the meals. So take everything once again with a grain of salt. If that's something that you're like, yes, I want to learn more about making my own meals at home and how I can travel with meals and fit it into my life, then maybe this is the perfect book for you. So once again, this was Body Love both of them I read and I learned my lesson though. So (laughs) my mom told me after that I did this one, she goes, yeah, most people that host a book club, um, they usually read the book beforehand. And I didn't really know that was a thing. I've never hosted one. So I was kind of under the mindset of, oh, like I'd read it at the same time as everyone else because I'm not necessarily recommending it, but now I know that's not the case. So I will be pre-reading all the books before I come out and announce which ones that we'll be doing. So that way, they're a little bit more in line, right? Because I don't want to be telling everyone, oh, we read this book, go out and read this book, when I don't even agree with half the advice. So if you have read this book, I would love to hear from you of what you thought. Did you agree with me? Did you disagree with me? Because, I mean, I disagree with the author, but you have the right to disagree with me. So let's make the conversation keep going. This is all happening on our Facebook page. That's where we had the event. That's where I post the announcements. The Facebook page will be linked below. It's just called Girls Gone Healthy. And, yeah, I hope to see you there. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast, at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. Come say hi, come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.